I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name is Matthew and I'm a writer working in TV development and I am a handy faithful. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. And this is season three of the podcast dedicated to The Traitors Australia. Well, it's been a long time coming, especially for those of you in Australia who watched the season way back in October 2022, but I've finally, after a summer holiday away, reached the finale, the episode 12 deep dive for The Traitors Australia. Probably, for me, the best episode of this entire franchise that exists. Before we get there, it's been a little while since we've had some TT news, so let's catch up on the most recent Traitors updates. Firstly, since The Traitors Australia became available on the BBC here in the UK, it has performed well and gained lots of positive reviews and social media coverage. Jack Seal, writing for The Guardian, gave the series a four-star review, describing it as wild, magical TV. Although the review only really covers the opening episode, I reckon once Seal watches the whole season, he'd be bumping that up to five stars. And while we're just about to conclude our exploration of Season 1 of The Tracers Australia, Season 2 is on its way to broadcast imminently. Australia's Channel 10 have released a couple of trailers for the new season, which you can find online. Roger is back hosting, and we return to the Robertson Hotel. But this time, of course, we have a new cast, including various Australian celebrity figures. There is no specific release date yet, the trailers simply say coming soon, 
but I'm pretty sure it will be with us by the end of August, sometime in September at the latest. It's also not clear whether the series will be broadcast episode by episode each week, which I do think is likely since this is how the first series was shown, and which I think is so much better, or if the entire season will drop instantly on Channel 10's streaming service in the way the US season appeared on Peacock in the States and BBC iPlayer in the UK. We'll find out soon. Another franchise is also on the way very soon. The Traitors New Zealand will begin on Channel 3 in New Zealand, funnily enough, on August the 7th. Hosted by well-known and fairly controversial New Zealand broadcaster Paul Henry, who has resurfaced from TV retirement specifically for this show, this version will be another entirely celebrity version, much like several of the European franchises. The cast includes, as you'd expect these days, some online influencers, as well as comedians, models, a TV breakfast host and a crime writer. I'm not sure if I'll be doing a podcast season to cover this version, but I definitely will be watching and talking about it in some way. Finally, Traitors UK star Hannah Bichkovsky, who, no spoilers, did very well on the show, will be back on a BBC game show in the near future. And the reason I know this is because I met her on set. As part of my work in TV, I serendipitously ended up meeting Hannah briefly and we had a quick chat about the podcast. Check out the podcast Instagram page at the Trader Podcast to see my picture with Hannah. And sadly, I can't reveal which show she'll be on or how she performed this time because I'll get in a lot of trouble, but it's definitely something you will absolutely be familiar with. Now, since I like format so much, and since I really need a reality competition expert to help me dissect episode 12, there is only one person I could invite back to do that. Let's meet the last co-host of this podcast season. My guest, of course, is David Bloomberg. David is a survivor and general reality TV expert, blogger and content creator, and is currently creating regular episodes of Why Blank Lost, all about season 44, season 44, I can't believe I'm saying that, of Survivor, which you can find on the Rob Has a Podcast Network and through David's social media. Significantly for me, David joined for both of my previous finale episode recaps of the US and UK traitors. David, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, good. I, yeah, now, actually, uh, just, uh, you know, hate to start this off uh, with a correction, but Survivor 44 ended, uh, you know, back in, in May. And so I know, you know... Uh, you know, things sometimes take longer to get over to the UK. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're gearing up for, depending on when you release this, uh, Big Brother 25 in the US uh, starts in a few days from when we're recording. Yes. Uh, so and then Survivor will be on in September, Survivor 45, at the same time as Big Brother. At the same time as The Amazing Race, at the same time as probably UK Survivor comes back, um, <laughs> and probably at the same time as the different traders come back, too. It's going to be a busy fall. 
Yeah, I mean, this will definitely come out before that, but you are going yeah. to have a very busy September. I, I, I realized when I was reading that, as I was saying that you're currently creating regular episodes, I thought, wait a minute, I wrote this a little while ago. I wonder <laughs> if it's finished now. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a little while since we uh, last talked, both because we've had a whole you've had a whole season uh, to go through and also because we just keep missing each other since, uh, you know, there was well, we were scheduled and then I had a four day power outage due to a storm. And then yes. you went on a vacation and I went on a trip and, <laughs> you know, so um but we made it uh, yeah we made it we finally made it uh so you have obviously watched the aussie season of the traitors up until this point um we'll talk more obviously about the finale but up until episode 12 were you enjoying the season oh yeah yeah definitely Excellent. I And I know you'll have lots of thoughts to share about it. <laughs> uh, you've already shared some of them with me, but we'll get there. Uh, and again, uh, are you, David, ready to play our podcast game, The Trader Traitor? Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Now, for listeners who, you never know, may have just joined the finale episode without having listened to any of the other episodes, I'll explain. The Trader Traitor is our game on the podcast and our goal throughout the episode from here on in is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves or about something else. For example, David, you could tell me that you have watched the finale episode 23 times when in fact you've only watched it 22 times. Yeah. However, your lie. I have, I have not. I've watched it five times. I have not watched okay. it 22 times. Not quite. Uh, your lie can't be a fake opinion, though. So you, you couldn't tell me that you loved the winner when actually you couldn't stand the winner. That wouldn't count. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Are you ready for the third or fourth time now to try and betray me, David? Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, in that case, our game begins now. And we oh, are it ready. Begins, to... Wait, it begins now? It begins now. Oh, damn it. Because I lied about how many times I watched the finale. So <laughs> I guess that doesn't count. I have to come doesn't up with count. another one. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, you need to think of a new one. <laughs> so I think we are ready to go ahead and start talking about episode 12, the finale of The Traitors Australia. So we begin the episode with a bit of a a greatest hits montage of of the season. We get a little clip of Chloe, the clairvoyant from way back in the beginning, who wasn't with us for too long. They were reminded that there were a run of faithfuls who were banished early on in the season, followed by a pair of traitors successively. There was backstabbing and betrayal amongst the traitors themselves. We get a reminder about Alex's recruitment. And as soon as Alex was recruited, she turned on Marielle. And beyond that, Alex then recruited Kate as another traitor. Uh, 
Uh, and to finish off a recap, Roger speaks to us. Roger tells us that this brings us to our end game: two traitors versus two faithfuls. So, in this last episode, we have Kate, Alex, Craig, and Lewis. Uh, what do you think of our final four, David? I think it's a very interesting final four because you have uh, two definite gamers and two definite non-gamers, and each of them are in the appropriate roles. Yes. I take it you mean the gamers are the traitors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, Craig, not a gamer, not a, you know, I mean, he is a, a faithful, true and true. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and uh, Lewis, he, I think if someone had picked him as a traitor, he, he could have done it. But he's he is not the same type of devious as the two traitors are. I think so. Too too nice a guy, probably, <laughs> unfortunately. We have uh, some nice sort of cinematic shots as well at the beginning of the episode. We've got a close-up of some chess pieces and a traitor's mask. <laughs> and what must be sort of drone shots of the empty corridors and the hotel and the beautiful landscape. And suddenly, we're on a helicopter. Yeah. There's there's no breakfast. Yeah. I mean, we were told in the last episode that there wasn't going to be a murder. So I guess a breakfast scene is unnecessary because the, mm -hmm. the point of the breakfast scenes is that we wait to find out who doesn't arrive. So I guess that maybe is redundant. So we're, we're, straight, we're in a helicopter straight away. We're right there. And we start to get this sort of character rundown one by one. It becomes clear we're going to delve into each one of the remaining players individually. And we start with Lewis. Lewis is, of course, portrayed as the lovable Sparky. He's very down to earth. He says he can't believe he's made it to this point. Uh, and he wants to spend the winnings on his parents. And as he says, buying a ring for the missus. Uh, we get a little reminder that he he was one of the players who took part in the roulette gamble task and he won the shield a couple of episodes back. Uh, then we move on to Kate and we get this sort of recap of who's Kate, what's her story, how did she get here. She says that she never would still be here if she hadn't been recruited. She talks about how she made some bad choices early in the game, like voting for Dirk and Cash and of course they were faithful. Uh, and she says that there was a while where everybody turned on her and she's really just gotten through by the skin of her teeth. Although she did help get out two of the traitors in a row before being recruited herself. Um, do you do you agree? Kate, so Kate says that she's only she's only still here because she was recruited. And that was very recent. Um, do you is that a fair assessment? Do you think Kate would have been gone if she hadn't been recruited? I mean, it's it's hard to say, because what what does that mean exactly? You know, like, would they have murdered someone that night instead of recruiting? Uh, would it have been her? I actually don't think so. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's a hard thing to say, but it's well, it's a hard thing to evaluate, but an easy thing for her to say. Yeah, uh, I think the night that she was recruited, she was also on death row. So she was one of three people along with Paul and Craig who could have been murdered. Mm -hmm. So I think she probably, if, if recruitment hadn't been an option for Alex, um, she Kate may well have been murdered. Uh, but yes, we'll we'll never know. We'll never know. Right, right. There's there's a sort of strange structuring of the episode I noticed because you know we get this little segment about Luce and then we get this segment about Kate. 
And it feels like we're going to move right on to the next two, but actually we don't. We then cut to the challenge. And when I was re-watching this, I thought, oh, where, where's the Alex section? And where's the Craig's? And we have to kind of wait a while for those. Um, so we, we don't work through the four remaining players very quickly. So the silver chalice, final silver challenge is an abseiling task. They have to abseil in pairs down a waterfall in a race against the clock. And it's an all or nothing challenge. Um, I, I, I wonder, you know, how much... Well, what what are your thoughts on the challenge? I was sorry, sorry. I was going to say it's an all or nothing <laughs> challenge that if they win, coincidentally puts yes. the money up to exactly, exactly yeah. what the maximum is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I noticed. I made a note about that later. Like, hmm, how strange that they end up winning the exact amount of money that was yeah. available. <laughs> yeah, uh, it feels like there weren't really any stakes there at all. Uh, <laughs> And as I've said many times before, I don't really believe the timer on this show. I think they ah. could have they could have taken five hours to do the abseil, and it, when they reached the top, Roger would have said, "Ah, oh, you did it with two seconds to go." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and and I wonder how much time this actually must have taken because they have to put on all the equipment, but they also they must have to kind of train them a bit because they they oh, do yeah. go down alone, so they must have had to spend a bit of time. With you know safety people, here's how it all works. Here's what to do. Here's how you use the ropes. Like this, this must have been a long day of shooting, I guess. So it's it looks on camera as if it's we're at the waterfall. Get down there. Get back up. This probably <laughs> was a really long, slow process. Yeah, if uh, you just stuck me into one of those, uh, you know, contraptions, all the equipment and everything, and said go down, I'd be like, how? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Kate and uh, Craig are paired up. Uh, I wonder. I sort of wonder who decides this. Uh, I, I I assume it's so that the two traitors don't go down together. But then there's no reason for them not to. Yeah, I don't know if that would matter. Um, we've had moments and challenges before when traitors have been paired up for little t- like Nigel and mm-hmm. Marielle had a task on the railroad where they got time together. So I don't know. Maybe it's completely random. Maybe it's there's nothing behind it. I just like to analyze everything. <laughs> I like to I question suspect, everything. Yeah, I suspect they may have allowed the players to decide, like, okay, maybe put a a, a weaker person with heights with a stronger person or yeah. something like that. Because there was a lot of encouragement of that type going on. And you wouldn't have wanted two people who weren't great with heights to be together. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah, I think Alex was definitely the most scared, and Lewis mm-hmm. was probably very confident. Uh, in fact, when Lewis when episodes back when they did the sort of walk across the bridge with the trapdoors, I'm pretty sure Lewis was the very first person to go because he knew he was probably going to fall. Uh, so yeah, he's probably quite confident with this sort of thing. Um, so. At this point, we then get Craig's little solo segment. He talks about his motivation for winning. He says his motivation is is really his his wife and his daughter. Um, He says that he's played the game from the heart with authenticity and integrity. And I can imagine you sort of rolling your eyes a little bit at that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the the more I watch these shows, the more I do think that's quite useless there's no point in playing a game like the traitors with authenticity and integrity (laughs) you're probably not going to win that way um you know it seems like what craig is saying is quite noble and he's obviously a really nice guy i just don't think it's going to work 
to play a game like this, you just have to throw all that out of the window. Yeah, I mean, you can and should play with authenticity. It's the integrity part, as it's usually defined, that's the problem. You know, yeah. I, I I don't know if we're uh, spoiling other season outcomes here, but <laughs> I, the winner of the U.S. version played with authenticity. They were just severely criticized by uh, uh, some of their fellow players for their supposed lack of integrity afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I think, and if you if you want to win this game, you just have to be willing to betray people. I, I don't oh, yeah. know if you can win it any other way. Um, in fact, I, you can't. Surely you can't. No, I mean, that's something, you know, that's a debate that's been going on in reality TV since, you know, time immemorial, mm -hmm. you know, going all the way back to uh, Survivor season one, uh, which I recently rewatched since we last talked uh, for another podcast that i did uh you know even back then there were people like oh we should you know we shouldn't have alliances and we we should just vote out whoever you know we don't like and and you know things like that but of course the person who won was the most notorious schemer and it, you know it goes it, that debate has just gone on and on and on uh for forever there it still it doesn't happen so much in survivor now because there are so many fans playing but you'll still occasionally get someone who's like oh i don't i don't want to lie it's like what are you doing playing this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean the thing is actually craig isn't he hasn't been a terrible player because he did you know he takes part in the banishments and he voted mm -hmm. out Angus and Marielle and his friend Nigel. So he, you know, he he did turn on people when he had to. So he's not completely terrible. Um, and right. he, yeah, he, he did. You know, he said, "I need to separate head from heart." So yeah. he recognized that, and he did it when it came to Nigel. But then you have Alex. Uh, I think I'm jumping ahead uh, just a little bit, uh, <laughs> saying, uh, "Well, I I want to." you know, go to the end with Craig because he's a very loyal, faithful. He's also way too trusting and can't separate head from heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after we, we get our, our section on Craig and then we go back to the challenge. Uh, Craig and Kate, they get the silver, they ascend, they've done it. It's Alex and Lewis next. Uh, Alex, like we said, she's terrified. She's really freaking out. She's panicking. And for a few moments, I, I thought she might not do it. I thought she was really going to say, I just, I can't do this. I'm too scared. Get me out of this. <laughs> Get me out of this rigging. Um, and at this point, then Alex gets her little segment. Um, she reiterates something that she said a few times, that she's generally a very quiet person and quite observational. But at the same time, she says she spoke up when she needed to at banishments, like she helped to banish Claire. Um I, I have a little side note here. This is not related to anything at all, and it's definitely not important, but I'm going to mention it anyway. So when I was re-watching this, and I was seeing all these montages of the banishment room, and it's it was at this moment uh, we see lots of clips of Alex sitting around the table, something visual became really apparent to me, and it's the contestants' wardrobes. They, it seems like everyone is... is it's almost as if they've been told what colours to wear. 
it's, they they all dress in a very sort of neutral toned white, grey, black, beige. No one is ever wearing like loud colours. And I understand that being on TV wearing sort of busy patterns don't work well. But I just had this moment when I was watching the episode back, I thought they they're all you know, it's this is very aesthetically <laughs> cohesive. I <laughs> I wonder if there was a wardrobe department that had a big part in this, uh, it just it just occurred to me, and I just wanted to mention it. That's all. Uh, that's interesting because uh, they could have been told ahead of time. Like on Survivor, uh, players generally know what tribe they're going to be on ahead of time because uh, they're told, "Send us purple clothing." You know, send us yellow clothing, and then the wardrobe department picks out what you're actually going to wear. Okay. Um, and so they could have been told like okay send us neutrals or they could have I, part of me wants to say that they could have said no i don't want to stand out in any way therefore i'm going to bring you know kind of toned down neutral colors but then i don't think it would have been everybody because i mean some of the players this season were not toned down neutral players yeah uh, I did ask one of the contestants about this. I just can't remember who it was. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think it might have been Alex. Uh, and the response was they were told to to bring formal clothes for banishment room. Uh, I, did, I can't believe I spent five minutes talking about the color of the clothes that they're wearing, but it's just, huh. <laughs> it just caught my attention. I just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Alex. Um, we, for the third time, we get a mention of why she wants to win the money and she again mentions her IVF treatment mm -hmm. it's and I get, I'm, I'm now going to jump ahead and I think that's okay because look if you're listening to this podcast episode you've clearly watched the whole thing yeah. and you know what's about to happen <laughs> so I think it's okay if we talk about the winner it seems very obvious to me now in retrospect that Alex is the only player who gets this throughout this the season gets these moments where she talks about why she wants to win the money. I mean, a mm. few other people say v vague things, like Lewis right. said, oh, I, w I would uh, use it to help my parents. And Craig has a brief moment where he says, oh, he's here for his wife and his daughter. Mm -hmm. But Alex is the only one who in three separate episodes is given this segment of time. And we see clips of her and her partner. And we talk about IVF, not at length, but right. It, it's... It, and it was someone else, it was Chris who co-hosted with me on episode three who pointed this out. He said, it's actually really obvious much earlier on that why is she the only contestant who gets this airtime <laughs> to talk? So in, in retrospect, I, I sort of think, oh God, yeah, it was probably quite obvious she was at least going to get to the final um, because no one else seems to get that. Yeah, I, I guess looking back, it's obvious. It'll be interesting to see if you can spot that in future seasons yeah. uh like i i hate to keep referencing survivor again but like some people on an earlier season uh this has happened a couple times but one in particular i'm thinking of they were like well this woman's going to win everybody's like what are you talking about there's no way that woman is winning under no circumstance they're like she is going to win and she ended up winning mm -hmm. and the way these people were able to pick it out was they were having her narrate certain spots that literally anyone could have narrated yeah. like repeating things or describing things that were happening and then in one of the other survivor seasons uh that i rewatched, uh just 
since we last talked, I think three. Uh, I actually four, uh, but I noticed that the winner, because obviously I knew who the winner was going to be. I was watching and they were having him do the same thing, like just narrating certain spots because they weren't otherwise necessarily involved in the action. They were kind of keeping a low profile, but the producers had to get them in there, you know, get their face in there somehow. Yeah. It's it's funny when you sort of become aware of these things and you watch any kind of reality competition series. Uh, you, I do think sometimes you, you can pick up on how much screen time certain people are get, being given or how much story is being devoted to particular pairs. And sometimes I think you can tell, oh, this person mm -hmm. is probably going to go quite far because I know a lot about them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in future, maybe we will, in, in future seasons, uh, we'll be more aware of it. Yeah. So we go back to the mission. Uh, Alex, she doesn't give up. She perseveres. She's on her way down the rappel. Um, and she's she's building up the courage to abseil down. I, I, I wonder if... And, and again, I'm reading very much into things here. Um, yeah. I, I'm a, an English literature graduate. This is what I do. <laughs> I'm looking for story. I'm looking for symbols. I wonder if the, you know, the way that she builds up the courage to abseil down the waterfall is kind of supposed to reflect her narrative throughout the show. That that you know that she's a very quiet character. She's almost a wallflower, but she's risen to the challenge and she's become a traitor and she's about to achieve something amazing. Like I kind of thought, oh, they're they're her going down the waterfall <laughs> is a little symbol of that, a sort of metaphor for that, perhaps. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just going too far. Uh, so they complete the mission. Of course they do. They earn $40,000. And like you said, it magically makes the, <laughs> the total prize fund a quarter of a million dollars. Hey, how convenient. It, it annoys me a little bit because I kind of think they were probably just going to do that all along. What was the point of all those missions? <laughs> they well, were probably right. just was... going to make it up at the end. Yeah, it was the same thing we said about the U.S. version, you know, yes. where at the very end they're like, oh, and there's this bonus sack of money that you can you can pick up. Um, I prefer for this uh, the way the British version did it and also the way it's done on like the mole. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, which, you know, I'm talking about the old seasons, not so much the most recent Netflix version, but the old seasons, it was like they would always say for a potential prize pool of half a million dollars. <laughs> but then they never made it to that half a million because the, the mole was always screwing things up for them yeah. or they were screwing it up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer it that way, too. It feels like there's a real sense of jeopardy. Right. If they can genuinely not win all the money. Uh, so, uh at the end of the challenge, Roger, they're, you know, they're celebrating, they're having a good time, but Roger quickly reminds them not to be distracted by the warm and fuzzies. <laughs> he says, now it's every man for himself, and reminds them of the basic premise of the show, <laughs> that even if one traitor gets through, they'll take all of the money. Um, however, well, I'm saying he reminds them of the basic premise of the show. Uh, something that I talked about on a previous episode and something that came up when I was speaking to Kate, uh, and the interview that I did with Kate will be available online right now as well. Kate sort of said something in conversation with me that implied 
actually they didn't know how the game worked until the end. She hmm. she said something to suggest that they they thought maybe the traitors could choose to share the money at the end if they wanted. There's there's something very strange going on, uh, and it was um, it was Rob who I did episode eleven with me who brought mm -hmm. this up. He also had the idea. He had the impression somehow that the players didn't actually know how the game worked. That sounds really strange, but I, I mean, I, w I would hope that they would understand beforehand. It's possible it was explained to them and some of them just didn't quite get it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it was explained very well at the outset of the U.S. and U.K. versions. Um, plus I know that some of the people on one or both of those had seen the other country versions and therefore knew, um, but I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say for the Australian version because I knew coming in. So I just kind of presume they knew coming yeah. in too. Yeah. It's yeah. There's, there's no answer to this, but yeah. there's something Odd about Kate, who's an amazing game player and very clever, saying, "I didn't realize mm -hmm. how the game worked." There's, there's something funny's going on. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we we're back at the hotel. We're getting ready for the first banishment of the episode, uh, and we begin with Alex reminding us that she is at a huge advantage. She knows everybody's status in the game. She knows who's a traitor. She knows who's a faithful. Mm -hmm. She says that plan A is to turn Craig against Lewis. Plan B is to get Kate out. And we really see her ruthless side here. And I mean, it's it's amazingly impressive, but also kind of scary <laughs> how willing she is to just do whatever she has to do. Um, she talks to Craig at the fireplace and she's so good at looking him right in the eye and doing this thing that I've mentioned before, where she she uses physical contact really well. She puts her hand on his shoulders. She's tearing up. She's talking about how she she just can't believe she doesn't know how she's even lasted this long. It's such an impressive performance that she's putting on. Um, and she she then theorizes with Craig about whether both Kate and Lewis are traitors or if it's just one of them. She's it's just very clever, I think. She's she she's doing such a great job of acting clueless mm -hmm. and it's and it's working. I, I think that she I mean, first of all, like you said, she can cry so much that she could be an actress, not just a model. <laughs> um, but she also does something and she talked about this. She talked about leveraging her relationships. Yeah. And yeah, that is a great move for this type of strategic social game is you have these relationships and you make that person feel like they are your best friend and you would never turn on them. Yeah. And, you know, we're in this together and, and everything else. And especially when you're dealing with someone like Craig, he's going to let it happen. Um, I do think, I mean, we have a very small, um, uh, group to examine this with, but I do think it's interesting that um, I, I feel like uh, women traders 
do better than men traders. Yeah. In this regard. Um in in terms of making the other people feel like they're closer socially. Yeah. Which is interesting because in Survivor, here I go again. Um <laughs> the women often get criticized because they're like, "Oh, you made me feel like I was really your friend and then you backstabbed me." Because of course at the end with Survivor there's a vote. And so people get upset and it, they take it out on that, which I think is unfair. Here, there's no vote. If the women succeed, if they're the traitors and they succeed in fooling people into thinking they're close friends, they win. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, you, you, you sort of alluded to this earlier that I think we see the same thing in the US traitors as we reach the final of that the same mm -hmm. kind of thing is going on there no no spoilers kind of <laughs> <laughs> um next we have a really interesting moment we see kate and lewis talking and lewis does this thing that i haven't seen anyone doing he actually brings up alex as a suspect and he says well she's never actually stated that she's a faithful although we just saw her do this a minute ago with Craig. Mm -hmm. um, and Kate agrees and goes along with it and says, yeah, Alex just sits really quietly and watches everyone. And it, for a moment when I when I watched this the first time, I, I wonder, is, is Lewis finally on to Alex? Is someone going to rumble her? I mean, it ultimately doesn't lead anywhere, but it's interesting yeah. that he does broach it a little bit. Um Lewis says that he trusts Kate more than anyone, and Kate brings up how well Alex is at crying, which you've just said, <laughs> and possibly how maybe it's a little bit over the top, like in the previous episode when mm -hmm. Teresa was banished. Um, yeah, I, I think that Kate Kate's persuasive in a different way from Alex. Kate's persuasive using log logic and mm -hmm. reasoning and language. Alex is persuasive using emotion and right. human relationships. Um, right. And obviously, in the end, one of those works better than the other. <laughs> uh, I, I think we can see that in the world around us often. Well, that yeah. <laughs> Emotion often, uh, well, I was going to use a different word, uh, over uh, overtakes uh, logic. Yeah. Uh, but but another thing, and, and I forgot to mention this about Alex and uh, Craig, and I think it was in this conversation, uh, another thing she she didn't do was she did not bring up Lewis and Kate's names. She let him yeah. bring them up, uh, which is a great trick because it allows. Well, it makes him feel like it was his idea, not her pushing him to do it. Yeah. You know, which is another good way to to get on board. Um but then what Lewis says about, oh, I, she's never said that she's a faithful. I've heard that in mafia games more times than I can remember. <laughs> you know, someone will say, well, you didn't say that you were a, a civilian. Therefore, you know, something in your head must be triggering to that you're. And I think in general, it's BS. I mean, it's like, yeah, but it's become so ingrained that in most mafia games, people will come on. And the first thing they'll say is, I am a civilian. I am not mafia. You know? <laughs> it's like, OK, now that's meaningless because everybody's saying it. And I think yeah. the same is true here. 
everybody's going to say they're faithful. Yeah, it, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it means nothing. And and I've said this before as well, that I think people on the show, you can be criticized for anything. You can, if you mm -hmm. say you're a faithful, you're criticized because the others say, well, if you're a faithful, you don't need to say you're a faithful. And then if they right. don't say it, they're also criticized. Right. You've never said you're a faithful. <laughs> so Yeah, it's the, uh, he, you know, doth protest too much uh, of it all. If you don't argue, well, then why weren't you defending yourself? If you yeah. do, oh, look at the way you defended yourself. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you can't win. Yeah, they, but they they just, you know, they have to they're grasping. They're always grasping for some reason because they don't have much to go on. Right. So Craig and Lewis then pair up and they have a little chat. And again, this Lewis has this moment with Craig that makes me think again, have I underestimated Lewis? He comes so close to sort of figuring all out. He says to Craig, I think Alex is the traitor. And he says, even if we banish her and she's faithful, then the traitor is Kate. And he's kind of almost there. Mm -hmm. and he's not completely right, but that's quite a that's a pretty good um sort of gameplay i guess uh but craig is just not not gonna go for it craig is right. just too close to alex and he kind of pretends to lewis that he might go along with that but we know that it's not gonna happen we then have a moment where craig kate and alex are together they're i think they're at the fireplace and they're having this, well, I say secret talk. I mean, it's three out of four of them. It's yeah. not that secret. Uh, and Craig, it kind of rats on Lewis. He tells he tells the women, look, Lewis is thinking about you, Alex. And, of course, Lewis is lurking outside the room. He's eavesdropping just around the corner. Alex acts like she's really upset. And then Craig is holding her hand, and he just says to her, I would never write your name down. And I'm just thinking, Craig, no, <laughs> you're being fooled. It's it's such a dangerous thing to say in this game to anyone that I would never write your name down. Like, mm -hmm. don't make these promises to people. Plus, Kate is standing right there. So she must be thinking at this point, oh, great, this is not good. Yeah. Like, I am never <laughs> going to come between these two. Um, and I, I guess it's a heads up for her that, yeah, there's there's no point in trying to turn Craig against Alex. She can clearly see at this moment it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she later would try because she had to try. Yeah. But no matter what he said to her, she was doomed. Yeah. So we go into first banishment with Lewis clearly knowing things are not looking good for him because he just overheard that whole conversation. Uh, Roger does as usual. He gives his very dramatic speech. He's amping up the tension and he passes the discussion over to the players. Lewis offers to begin. He basically tells them, I overheard you all talking at the fireplace. He says that this point in the game is unlike any other. You can't just blindly vote in numbers. He says, look, there's only one shot to win the money. We have to be really open-minded. We've got to vote wisely. And he does this thing that... Actually, we never see people do that often in this game, and I don't know how wise it is. He basically says, I swear on my mother's life, I'm faithful. I find it quite difficult, to quite kind of upsetting to watch, because he's just so desperate not to be banished, and we know that he's telling the truth. It just, it just feels also unfair and hopeless. Uh, 
And it's, you know, Lewis goes from giving this very heartfelt speech to Craig just turning to him and saying, you're the person I'm most suspicious about. Um, and Lewis replies by saying, well, that's just probably because we've spent the least time together. I don't think we've really gotten to know each other all that well. And he says, like, just because we're not close doesn't mean I'm a traitor. And I think, yes, you're, you're, you're correct. Craig, listen. <laughs> um, and Alex, then, yeah, yeah, on you go. He's he's correct, but that's his own fault also. I mean, if you get down to the final sure. four and there are people that you haven't spent much time with, yeah, that's kind of your own fault. Yeah. Um, he, You know, now, as far as swearing on his mother's life, I mean, he was, uh, I don't know if this, uh, this phrase has made it across the pond, but he was throwing a Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he was he was just, it was a, you know, he was just trying anything. And I don't mind it at this point in the game. I think if you do it earlier, it becomes a problem because then it's like, OK, you've you've sworn on your mother's life. But what if somebody else says, well, what about this? Will you swear on your mother's life about this? You yeah. know, and then it becomes. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Right. So at this point. He knew he was doomed. He had to try something and he did. Uh, but I mean, also a good trader would be willing to swear on their mother's life and yeah. not think twice about it. Yeah. And I, I imagine it, it must, maybe not, but it probably felt really difficult for the other three around the table who I think had already made up their minds about what mm. they were going to do. So to listen to Lewis give this desperate plea and just think, oh, I feel so bad for you, but I'm going to vote for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it just must be really tough. Um, Alex sort of jumps in as well, and she asks Lewis, why did you help banish Teresa at the last banishment? And he says, look, essentially it was self-defense. He says she was coming for me, so I had to vote for her. I, I, I don't know if everyone's... Well, I was going to say, I don't know if everyone's convinced by that. But again, I think they've already made up their mind about what's about to happen. So none of it really matters anyway. Yeah. And that's an interesting, you know, every time that I watched that, it triggered with me like that is a very interesting defense mm -hmm. because it's honest, but it also kind of goes a little bit against the game. Like the idea of the game is to get out traitors, if you're faithful, obviously, and so he was admitting, I didn't care if she was a faithful or a traitor. I was doing it because she was accusing me of being a traitor, which is also part of the game. Yeah. But it's it's just an interesting admission for him to make. Yeah. And again, I, you're right, because he's yeah, he's he's acknowledging I wasn't really I was just trying to save myself. Uh, but again, it's you know, it's the final episode. I think at this right. point, he's just like, well, you're probably going to vote me out anyway. I'm going to do whatever I can. <laughs> Maybe right. this will convince right. you. I might as well just tell you the truth. Um, there's there's a kind of there's an interesting moment because suddenly Kate shifts attention to Alex, which feels very risky. She brings up Alex is crying. She says, "You know, after Teresa was banished, you had this really over the top reaction," and she said, "Look, the way Lewis reacted was normal." But Alex, your reaction was so extreme. 
And Alex just defends, I think she defends herself really well. She mm -hmm. says, well, I, I just felt awful. I felt awful because I had to lie to Teresa. I, I told her that she was going to be okay and Teresa was my friend and then I voted for her. So I, I felt bad. Of course I was crying. And as she's telling this, she even sort of seems to start getting emotional again. And she just says, oh, I hate coming in here. I hate these banishments. I find it really difficult. So, you know, bravo, Alex. She's mm -hmm. she's she's doing so well and, and it's all a show for for one man at that point because yeah. you know lewis is already out the door as far as they're concerned so it's really it's a show for one man yeah yeah and it's not roger <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the voting begins um lewis is asked first to reveal his vote and i kind of knew they would start with him like yes i've seen it more than once but i thought of course we're starting with Lewis because we know what everyone else is going to do. Um, well, or because we know that if anyone's going to make the difference here, it's going to be Kate. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll finish with Kate. Um, but, you know, if, if Kate was to, to switch and vote for, you know, she, she could make it a tie break and then we'd have mm -hmm. some other weird situation, but uh, the votes, the votes begin. Uh, Lewis votes for Craig. Um, but actually, which is quite surprised. I, I kind of forgot that he did this. Um, I just assumed he was going to vote for Alex because he had mentioned that he thought she was a traitor. So I don't really know why he voted for Craig. Um, I sort of thought his only chance at saving himself was voting for Alex. Hope Kate would do the same and have a tie. Yeah, I, do well, I don't know why he voted for Craig. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't know if there I mean, obviously, there are always scenes we don't see to keep keep us guessing. Maybe they agreed. Maybe he agreed with Kate that they would, you know, pretend to go after Alex, but yeah. actually go after Craig. Or maybe he was upset, and knew he was headed out the door. I, who knows? Yeah. And I, I suppose also at this point, I should bring up. What would have happened? This is totally hypothetical, and we don't know the answer. What would have happened at this point if there was a tiebreak? Because you know, if two people vote for Alex, two people vote for Lewis. Mm -hmm. What did they do? There, there, there are an even number of people left. They can't. What, what they did when this happened one time before in the season, they made everybody vote again, and you could only vote for one of the two people in the tiebreak. I just don't know how that would work. Where there are only four people left, I wonder. You know. I wonder if they would just banish both of them. And that's the I, only way out. I mean, there are other ways. There's random draw, which oh, is what sure. they do on Survivor. I mean, now it's fire making. But, um, you know, at earlier points, it's random draw. You if you cannot break the tie. OK, here's a bag of rocks here. One of the rocks is colored differently than all the rest. Whoever picks it is gone. Yeah. And usually they heighten the stakes. Uh, well, on Survivor, they heighten the stakes by saying the two people who were the targets are not eligible. They're the only people who are safe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm i guessing they would have done some sort of random draw to force it. Now, yeah. whether it would have been that the two targets are safe and therefore it's only the other between the other two or it could be any of the four. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's very annoying that I'm thinking of all these questions after I've interviewed all the contestants. <laughs> <laughs> I need a redo. I need to get them back on Zoom. And I say, hey, I've, now I have 10 more questions. Send a quick message, by the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, Lewis votes for Craig. Strange. 
And Craig then votes for Lewis, and Alex votes for Lewis, and then it's Kate's turn. And there's a huge dramatic pause to make us wonder, of course, is there any possibility that maybe she'll vote for Craig mm-hmm. and it'll be a tiebreak? But she doesn't. She votes for Lewis. Lewis is gone. Lewis joins Roger. He says he enjoyed the game, that he looked them all in the eye, he told them that he was a faithful, he swore in his mother's life he was a faithful, and then he says, and I wasn't lying, and basically turns and walks out. Uh, we get a shot of Craig just saying, crap. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which... I- so that summed it all up right there. Uh, you know, him him saying crap because yeah, he was he was screwed at that moment. He he could not win. Um well, yeah. Well, we know uh, that. We know that. I don't know if he knew that or not, but there's yeah, there was literally he had lost the game at that moment. Yeah. Um, whether he knew it or not. Now, it's interesting because that made me realize there is no way for an individual faithful to win the whole prize pot. Yeah. They could either lose or split because it you if there were, let's say that somehow uh, Alex and Kate had gone and it was Lewis and Craig. Okay. Well, you're still at a two. But there's no way to get rid of one person. Yeah. And so, okay, you're splitting the money. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that I hadn't, uh, hadn't really thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I realized, I realized that at this point too. And again, I, I realized watching this the very first time I watched the show for the first time back in January. And at this point, and I've, I was, you know, on the edge of my seat, I was so amped up. I was so excited, but I realized, wait a minute, this means Craig can't win now. And it's not so, but it it, you know, it didn't ruin the excitement for me because there was still the question of, well, will it be Alex or will it be Kate or will mm-hmm. it be both? So there was still a question I, in my mind to be answered. The question just wasn't, are the traitors going to win? Right. It, it became obvious. Oh well, yeah, of course they they're going to win now. Yeah. Now there is one interesting thing. This is another rules question that. Maybe someday we'll know. But like a couple times, Roger brought up that if two traders or two faithful made it to the end, it would come down to a game of share or seal. I have no idea what that is. Uh, I know what share or steal is. Okay. Is it like something that's, you know, either a British Australian game that is commonly known? It's, uh, it's a game mechanism that's used sometimes in game TV game shows. Um, they used to use it on there was a there was a quiz a game show on UK TV called Golden Balls, and the final round was was called yeah, <laughs> was called Split or Steal. And I, it's also it used to be used on Love Island in the UK. Um, I don't watch Love Island, but. I know that that's what they used to do at the finale, and it was share or steal. And the way that share or steal works is basically you have you have two players left. There's a big prize prize fund, and the the remaining two players have to convince one another that they're they have to promise each other they're going to share the money, mm-hmm. and they then secretly cast a vote to either share or steal. If they both vote to share, 
that's fine. They share the money. Mm-hmm. If one of them votes to share and the other votes to steal, the person who voted steal steals the money. If they both vote to steal, no one wins anything. So it's okay. a real it's a real gamble. It's do, a, you, do you trust the other person? Yeah, enough? it's a a prisoner's dilemma. I think yeah. is, uh, um, and they've had things like that on Survivor also for, um, in the like the season forty and up. They've had situations where, um, you know, they've had similar things. Okay, there's an advantage. There are two of you here. You're going to all secret. You're going to secretly, you know, either choose to risk your vote um, at a future tribal council or or not risk your vote. And same thing. If you, you know, if if you both risk your vote, then you both lose your vote and nobody gets the advantage. And yeah, same thing. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, So I guess there is a way that a single faithful could end up with the entire prize pot, but it would require two people like Craig and Lewis playing with their heartfelt emotions the whole way and then turning on one another. (laughs) Yeah, which is very unlikely. Yeah. 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 Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, so after Lewis is gone and Craig is full of regret, he says that that could have just changed the whole game. And we think, well, yes, Craig, it has changed the whole game. There are lots of pensive shots of the three final players dotted around the hotel. Kate realises that if she can just convince Alex to vote out Craig, then they can share the money. Um, and she's right. But mm-hmm. you would be putting... It's like what we were just talking about. You'd be putting right, a hell right. of a lot of trust into the other person sticking to the plan. Kind of like back in episode nine with the blind signing of Marielle, where Teresa and Kay and Alex agreed beforehand, look, let's are we we've made this secret plan. We're all gonna vote for Marielle at the last minute without discussing it. And then in the banishment room, they're all just looking at each other, thinking, Are you still gonna do it? I'm just mm-hmm. trusting that you're gonna do it. So Kay and Alex would have to do the same thing here. They'd have to, you know, just trust one another that they, are, no matter what they say, they are then going to write down Craig's name. And it's a huge gamble that I think even Kate doesn't really believe is is going to work. And we, you know, we see Kate and Alex talk about it 
they're promising one another. Like we'll just, we'll convince Craig we're going for one another, and then we'll go for him. It's really exciting to watch this complete trust exercise, <laughs> even though it's it's easy for me to say now, even though I know Alex isn't going to do it. But I think the mm-hmm. first time the first time I watched it, I was on tenterhooks. I really was so excited. I I just had no idea what was coming. Uh, Craig and Kate then talk, and it's kind of excruciating to watch, actually, because they talk about taking each other to the end. Maybe Alex is playing them both. Kate reiterates, Alex is always so calm and collected. It's not normal. Um, she beha- She's behaving the way that Nigel and Marielle always behaved. She must be a traitor. <laughs> and we've just reached this point where no one can trust anyone i mean the viewer the even as a viewer mm-hmm. we don't know like who's who is going to do what who's actually going to do what they say they're going to do going into this final banishment so even though we know a traitor is going to win and that craig can't win there's i think there's still excitement to to see how will it play out what is kate going to do and what is alex going to especially what is alex mm-hmm. going to do um well is there any chance she's going to turn on craig and maybe she'll stick with Kate. We we don't know. Yeah, I was I, I like you. It's hard to remember back to the first time that I watched it. I do feel like I always thought she had you know Craig in her pocket, so she wasn't going to. I liked how she brought up and said, "Well, obviously we're going to have to tell Craig that we're voting for the other one," because that immediately right there takes care of it if like kate overhears her saying oh yeah we're voting it well yeah i told you i was gonna (laughs) obviously obviously i'm bluffing him and not you yeah and and again for for what i think is the fourth time in the show there's another reminder we have an interview with alex and she reminds us again she's completely focused on winning the money for her and her girlfriend so we kind of know she's not going to give up now. She's not going to relent and she'll do whatever she can to win. So again, in in retrospect, maybe there were clues Mm -hmm. being given to us that she's the one who's going to do it. Um, She, she even, she's so good at this. She asks Craig, are you and Kate playing a game against me? And of course, Craig's just like, no, no, of course not. (laughs) And she says, I'm not sure about either of you. She's she's playing so well because not only is she acting like she's his best friend, but actually she's making him feel gilly. She's making right. him think he's her, her feelings. And Craig is like basically crying. Yeah. And so she's managed to do, to, 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 to manipulate this whole situation. It's genius. Um, I mean, it's ruthless, but it's genius. Yeah. 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 Uh, and she she says that the best plan is to get him to vote Kate because Kate will then obviously reveal herself as a traitor and Craig will think that they've done it. They won, they've got the mm-hmm. traitor out, hooray. And she's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this a better plan than just blindsiding Craig with Kate? You know, is she, is she, is she playing the smartest game here? I think so. I mean you know like we've talked about she she has craig she has complete control of craig and so if she sees it's going that way yeah go for all the money 
Uh, now, from Kate's perspective, I think that even though she probably thought there was like a 5% chance of Alex being honest about wanting to split the money, that she should have voted out Craig or voted against Craig because that 5% is better than nothing. Yeah. And, you know, nothing was what she was going to get otherwise. So, yeah, because there was no yeah. way Craig was going to vote for Alex. Right. Yeah. Um. So I think that, I, I mean, it didn't matter in the end uh, who she voted for, yeah. but <laughs> um, yeah, Alex just really did an amazing job of, of controlling Craig here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, from Alex's perspective, she's got two players left. She's got Kate, she's got Craig. She's just thinking, well, which one of them do I know the best? Which one of them can I predict to the best? And she she can probably predict Craig's behaviour the best. She thinks, well, I don't really know what Kate's going to do, but I know what Craig's going to do, so I'm going <laughs> to just go with that. So we reach the end game then. And Roger explains how it works. He says that they will decide if they want to immediately end the game or vote again. And they have to write down either the word share or vote. Um, I'm slightly disappointed there's no fire pit of truth in this yeah. edition with the magical flames. Because <laughs> uh, that was fun. Uh, and all three of them choose vote. Which is kind of obvious, I think, because they they know there must still be a traitor. Um, because, well, there has to be a traitor, because Paul was murdered by a traitor, and since then they haven't mm -hmm. banished the traitor, so there must be at least one left. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, should Kate have voted Cher as a last-ditch attempt to make it look like, yeah. uh, you know, to, to Craig, like, oh, well, obviously, I would only want to share if I were, you know, faithful. Yeah, she could, unless that was then too obvious a move. Yeah. You know, that might have looked I don't suspicious. know if any move is too obvious when it comes to Craig, but... <laughs> so, uh, well, Kate actually, even though she, she, she writes down vote, but when she turns her slate over... She said something that I thought was quite clever. She says, I assume there are two traitors here, not just one. Might as well get one of them. And I mm -hmm. thought that gave quite a good impression. Like It gave the impression that she was like, well, I'm a faithful, so I don't know about you guys. Um, it, it, again, it's too late. We, we probably know what's going to happen. But I, I thought it was quite clever of her to say that. See, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. When she said it, every time I saw it, I was like... I don't know why she's saying this. How does this help her? But you're right. If because she's basically saying, like, I'm a faithful. And of course, Craig knows he's a faithful. So he might hear it and say, oh, well, that must mean yeah. we should vote against that. So that is kind of that last ditch attempt that I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, they voted to, to they voted to vote. They voted to go ahead and vote again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, and Alex begins the discussion uh, she repeats what she said to Craig a little bit earlier that she feels actually she can't really trust either of them Kate repeats to Alex that she thinks she's always too calm in the banishment room she's behaving like Nigel and Marielle 
there's no suggestion that either of them are really suspicious of Craig with a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there's very little discussion here. It didn't go on for a very long time. We just cut straight to the next vote. Maybe maybe they didn't have much to say. Maybe there wasn't really much to show us. Yeah. Craig seems to linger for a minute and just sort of watches the other two. And wait, I don't know if this is just clever editing, um, but they, they are writing names down and he just sort of watches them as if he still hasn't made up his mind. Although I think he has. Mm-hmm. So they vote. Alex begins and she votes for Kate. <laughs> Kate votes for Alex and therefore it's resting on Craig. Um, he gives a little speech. He says the only thing he's certain of is that he is faithful. He says he loves them both. They both played amazingly. But he thinks one person might just be a traitor. He turns his slate over. He votes for Kate. Uh, there's a very devious cut here that's clearly false. There's a cut to Alex with a big smirk on her face. But I think that is clearly taken out of context. There is no way Alex had that reaction. She would mm-hmm. never be dumb enough to put on an expression like that at this moment. Um, so it's just some sort of careful edit. Well, maybe not so careful editing. <laughs> um, plus, anyway, there's the, we cut to a long shot from Roger's end of the room, and we can clearly see all three of them, and Alex is not making the same expression. She's actually mm-hmm. just looking really nervous. So it's just a sort of cheap cheap bit of editing there um, to make Alex look really devious. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger asks, so Kate's, you know, Kate's obviously gone, she's banished. He asks Kate if she would like to say anything. Kate says she came here because she likes playing games and that this was a really good one. She says, I've loved playing with both of you. Good luck, both of you, at the end. I am a traitor. I, I kind of wonder, why is she doing... Uh, a Kieran, or was she doing? Uh, what, what was the what was the what's the guy in the U.S. Traitors, the oh, Bachelor? Yeah, I who gave the really yeah really uh, so subtle it wasn't really a clue mm-hmm. clue when she says good luck both of you at the end. Was she trying to say something to Craig like good luck? Sorry, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter at that point. I mean, exactly. the other people, it still mattered. Uh, with this, it didn't matter. And good luck, both of you. First of all, meaningless sentiment. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of like uh, when you're, you know, playing poker. This, you know, I, I'd be playing poker with a group, and someone would either get knocked out or just have to leave because it was late. And they'd get up and they'd be like, uh, "Good luck, everybody!" And it's like you, everybody can't have good luck. Yeah. You know, so when I would get up and leave, I'd say, good luck to some of you. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, Ari, who's who I'm thinking Ari. of. Yes. Ari. yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I mean, yes, it's, it's pointless because Craig and Alex are kind of too busy celebrating to really listen to what Kate's got to say. Mm-hmm. As, as far as Craig's <laughs> concerned, they've done it. They got her. Kate was the yeah. traitor. We found her. Hooray. Yeah, he was so happy. He was, yeah. yeah, like you said, we did it. And then, and we know, you know he didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, moves on to declare himself faithful, and he was uh, so happy about it. And I'm just like, oh dear. Yeah, we we know what's coming. So uh, yes, Roger asks them to reveal the true identities. And the mu- this, this incredibly intense music playing, it's, it's a sort of gothic operatic choir. 
Craig says, I'm very proud to say I've been from the start and will leave this game as a proud faithful. Uh, and then we cut to Roger. Roger says, Alex, if you're a traitor, the $250,000 is yours. So Alex, are you a faithful or are you a traitor? And it's just the most intense moment of the whole show. Mm -hmm. Alex just pauses and she turns to look at Craig and she sort of smiles apologetically and the, we just have this amazing reaction shot of Craig smiling at her and then we see the slow realisation yeah. dawn on him and he just says oh no although even when he says that I think he doesn't believe it, it, it mm -hmm. and, until she actually says the words and she said, Alex says I'm a traitor Craig and he is just silent it's just this devastating moment. He is heartbroken and he says quietly, that's the game. And it, that is the game and he's right. Yeah. And I'm, on, you know, I'm glad that Alex won. Like, I think it's fantastic mm -hmm. for her. But it is just awful watching Craig. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's so uncomfortable. Um, And Roger assures him that he played the game amazingly uh, he says, you know, your family would be will be proud of you. And I, I think that Roger probably wasn't really supposed to say any of that. I think Roger just felt he kind of had to say something. Yeah. Um, Alex says that she respects him so much. He's played it well. She doesn't, we don't see her say, I'm sorry. And she doesn't have to say, I'm sorry. She right. has a game, you know. I, I was just kind of surprised. I, I thought she would have a little bit more... I thought she might get upset and say, I'm really, I can't, I'm so sorry. It was a game. I had just did what I had to do, but she kind of doesn't really say very much. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, when Teresa was banished and she was crying, she doesn't really have that reaction here. It's interesting. Well, I mean, the game's over, so she doesn't need to put on a <laughs> face anymore. And she might have, you know, said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they just chose not to show it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rough to to watch, uh, you know, as he, you know, that realization comes over him and and he's just. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like he was he was definitely uh, counting his chickens before yeah, they hatched. There. Definitely. Uh, Roger tells Alex as well that she played an incredible game. She says that she didn't think she could pull it off. Um, and I think, of course, you could pull it off. You were amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and Roger asks, how does it feel to be a quarter of a million dollars richer? She she does admit that if, she says it feels bittersweet. If, you know, I feel pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And again, Roger asks, how is this going to change your life? She talks about house, family, IVF. Mm -hmm. And then Roger leaves her with her winnings. And we have these really bizarre <laughs> shots of Alex just walking around the table um, in this <laughs> empty room. Looking at the silver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alex is a model. She's probably used to having to do strange things like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get some final shots of the empty hotel. And we have a voiceover from Roger bidding us farewell. Uh, he says uh, he's certain will return to his grand manor. Until next time, adieu. And the Traitors Australia season one. It's finished!
I know you will have lots of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> overall, let's let's talk about Alex. What do you feel about Alex as a winner? I think she was a, a great winner. I also think she was in a very good position of, I think the best, and, and I, I feel like you've discussed this previously, the best position is to be a faithful who is recruited. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, because... You know, you're you've already made the relationships without having the whole trader thing hanging over you and people can't necessarily pin any earlier things that you did on you. Yeah. Which is also why I wonder we were talking earlier about like some people leaving and giving clues as they were leaving. One thing that some of the people did when in their final words, they said, I've been a trader since the beginning. And that kind of gives away that the only people who are left are the recruits. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's kind of like, hey, watch for these changes. You know, it's almost giving the faithful a little bit of advice. I don't know that any of them picked up on it. <laughs> and we didn't see any indication that they had, but they should have. Yeah. If someone says, I've been a trader since the beginning, that's different than I was a recruit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of quite okay with that because mm -hmm. the, because the faithful are so disadvantaged in this game i think you know what if they can have any help at all yeah that's that's only fair uh because the game is so weighed in the favor of the traitors yeah um are there obviously you've you've watched the uk version you've seen mm -hmm. the us version uh are there any elements of gameplay that you think were very different here or just any elements of the show in general that you think were either better or worse than other versions uh this season the australian season had a much more strategic batch of players yeah i think they for the most part not all of them uh knew it was a game knew they had to play and they did it yeah um and yeah you know craig obviously upset but I don't think if we had a reunion show similar to the one that the U.S. had, that you would have had Craig railing against um, Alex. Like, how could you do that to me? You know, um, as we saw from certain people in the U.S. version. Um, so from that standpoint, I, like I said, I think Australian was the most strategic. Um, I still like the U.S season the best because of the winner um i realize that's not necessarily an objective viewpoint it is a subjective <laughs> viewpoint um uh and i also think that the u.s version suffered from the half celebrity half non uh symptom that you know you and i had discussed like the the fans were kind of following along like puppy dogs in some yeah. ways yeah. Um, now, I think the U.S. is, you know, the U.S. version is resolving that by getting rid of the fans entirely and only having <laughs> the uh, previous that, you know, previous reality stars play. Yeah. Um, and I think the Australian version now will have a mix. It will. So they're moving towards the towards the U what the U.S. version was. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, actually, because um Season two of Traitors Australia is on its way very, very soon. There's still not a broadcast date, but there are a couple of trailers for it. So it's it's on its way in the probably the next month, two months yeah. at most. 
Oh, um, good, because I need one more thing to watch during these. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Roger will be back, same location. Mm-hmm. It's a different production company, strangely. Really? Well, maybe not strangely. So it was Endemol Shine who made mm-hmm. season one. Um, I don't, I can't remember the name of the company that's doing season two. But I think it's a ratings thing because, because uh, season one of The Traitors Australia was so poorly received not poorly received it it wasn't a big ratings hit at all and i think end really? just dropped it i think only because some this new company have seen how huge it was elsewhere that they've kind of taken on the mantle and in fact and if you watch the trailer for the new season they make it very clear there's text on the screen saying the global phenomenon so they're they're mm-hmm. playing on the fact that it's done really well elsewhere um in fact i work with an australian who i was just talking to today and she lives here in Scotland, um, but had relatives who had come to visit her from Australia, and they they hadn't heard of it. They were they were like, "What's what's the traitors?" Um, they mm. had they had no idea what it was. And the person I work with was telling them, "It's this huge show. It's like it's a big hit over here." And they were just like, "We we've never heard of this. We don't know what you're mm. talking about." And and from the speaking to the contestants, they've given me that impression as well that. It just hasn't been a big deal over there at all. Um, but so for season two, like you said, this was the point. They are going to have this sort of half celebrity cast, and there's a contestant who you must be familiar with, uh, mm-hmm. Luke Toki, who is yes. an Australian yes. survivor, big brother person. What's I don't know anything about him. What's he like? What's his story? He is um, he is a big gamer, and also very. Uh, what's the word? I don't know. Wacky, uh, you know, t- I mean, not wacky in a bad way, but he's just got a lot of personality. Um, And uh, so it will be interesting to see him in this type of game. Um, he, You know, on Survivor, he was he was just, you know, he was a well-known character on Survivor. Um, I'm a little surprised he was cast on this because his social media hasn't always been great. Let's just say, (laughs) Um, but uh, you know, they probably like, "Eh, you know, most people just know him from survivor. So we'll cast him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to sort of backtrack a little bit here. Um, You mentioned that you thought the players on Australia were, probably a bit more strategic mm-hmm. and tactical. And I definitely got that impression watching it as well, that the vast majority of them were very clear from the beginning. This is a game I'm here to win mm-hmm. as they as they should be. I reckon a lot of that is probably to do with the casting. Um, I think, you know, and for UK anyway, UK traitors, it was just a sort of open call to anyone who mm-hmm. wanted to apply for this new reality show or a new competition show. Um, a lot of the Australian cast were approached directly because they either worked in law or they, like Matt, were a, a real estate agent. And mm-hmm. people like Kate were, Kate wasn't approached, Kate just applied, but because she was sort of a games player and a games fanatic, right. I think they probably deliberately picked people who they knew would be really into the game and who would really relish it. So that probably added to the 
you know, the, the atmosphere of this competitive right. race. Now, uh, you tell me, you and I have, I think, discussed this briefly before. My understanding is that on UK reality TV, being super ultra strategic has been frowned upon by the general public. Like in UK Big Brother, if someone tries to get strategic, they get voted out by the public right away. Um, that's my understanding. I have not watched all their shows. These are the things that I have heard. Uh, kind of. That probably is true. Um, yeah, I think you could probably say that. I think one of the most famous examples of that in, in all of British reality TV, and I'm going way back here, and I'm going back 23 years, the very first season of Big Brother in the UK was this huge, massive hit a really big unexpected hit. I think people didn't realize how how well the show was going to do. Ended up with millions and millions of viewers. And there was a character on the show called I can't say a character. He was a real person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was someone on the show called Nick. Um and Nick he, he did he sort of broke some of the rules. He they weren't allowed to have pen and paper and Nick took in pen and paper somehow <laughs> and was writing secret notes to the other players to ask them who they were going to vote out. And this, once the other players discovered it and it all came out into the open, this became like, this was like a news story on national TV in the UK. That like, And Channel 4, where Big Brother was originally broadcast, they broadcast this like special you know, they cleared the schedule. They moved the TV schedule for the rest of the <laughs> night. They 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 put out this extended edition of Big Brother. Like I vividly remember watching it, and the announcement coming on Channel Four saying tonight, an extra special episode of Big Brother, and it had been on the radio before. Like everybody was glued to the screens to see. Oh my God, what's going to happen in Big Brother tonight? And it was this big showdown with Nick. Nick had tried to play the game too strategically and had had tried to cheat his way to the. And he was removed from the show and evicted. And I think that's like lingered in the British public like reality TV consciousness that if that you don't want and you know, Nick was like Nick became this national villain. He was called Nasty Nick. People hated him. <laughs> he was on the front cover of newspapers. So maybe it's like a hangover from that, that people who try and play these games very strategically, we just think, oh, they're that's terrible. They're they're weird. they're like it's like nasty Nick all over again. So maybe it's maybe it's from that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how UK Survivor plays this time around with yeah. that in mind. Um, but like, you know, US Big Brother then spawned off of UK and some other Big Brothers and tried running it the same way and was a flop. <laughs> I mean, it just it was a flop because what happened was US viewers voted out all the interesting people. Yeah. You know, and so that's why starting with season two, the it was the choice was removed from viewers. Yeah. And then since then, you know, viewers have had some impact like, oh, vote a, a special prize or vote for, you know, a contestant to get, uh, you know, some bonus or something like that. But other than that, they were like, no, we you know, we cannot have it. It needs to be more like Survivor in a house than it does like. UK Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, UK Big Brother does work very, very differently. It's, mm -hmm. It is a popularity contest. It's completely controlled by the public, and you are voting for the most likable person, basically. You're right. voting for who's nice, who's funny, who do we all like, who, do, who, mm -hmm. do we, who would we want to be in a house with? And generally, the people who won were 
sort of nice, funny, easygoing people. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so just just to wrap up, I'm <laughs> I'm going to give you, <laughs> you know, I I listen to a podcast um, called Dead to Me, and it's a history podcast, and in every episode they have a historian on who's an expert in a in a certain field and at the end of the podcast they're they're given a two minute thing called the nuance window and the expert is given two minutes just to talk uninterrupted <laughs> about yeah. something they feel very passionately about i feel like i should hand over the nuance window to you to talk about a special contestant and that a is special contestant yes is, uh, you have some thoughts on chloe the clairvoyant um, yes. Take it away. Yeah. So I have some other thoughts, too, but we could get to the you know from <laughs> other people. But I, I it started with, you know, there were a number of conclusion reached correctly for incorrect reasons this season, uh, like ty targeting Nigel because he played hard in the first shield challenge or yeah. Angus for making an offhand comment about wanting to murder Nigel, which, you know, definitely you shouldn't say i want to murder somebody but you know it's it always seems to be like in the detective show someone will say oh he said he was going to murder him and that's never the actual killer yeah. but in this case it it was <laughs> but you know then there was chloe who <laughs> pissed me off in so many ways um i i think that she was a poor sport i think she influenced the game of others um and so this is a bit, uh, you know, people who uh, follow me on social media may know this is a, a bit of a hot button uh, for me because she came in making all these BS claims about her powers, uh, including one that really set me off that she could medically diagnose people. Yes. <laughs> OK, you want to do tarot card readings for fun at a party. I disagree with them, but whatever you start saying, you're going to medically diagnose people. I have a really big problem with that. So that, uh, you know, she didn't medically diagnose anyone at the uh, on the show that, that we, we know. Saw. <laughs> uh, but that's where my big problem really started, because then she just kept getting things wrong. She got her and she would always say, well, my spiritual team or my spiritual guides told me and then she'd be wrong. And now I there are multiple types of these so-called psychics. There are those who are fooling themselves and there are those who are fooling others and doing it as a con. Uh, and there are some who are mixed of both. I don't think she's a con artist. Let me say that flat out. She seemed like a true believer that she thought she had these magic powers. Um, because frankly, a con artist would have known better than to come on TV and put themselves in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Only someone who believed in themselves would come in and put themselves in this situation. Um, but when she saw she was getting things wrong and it was causing people to point this out on TV, I think that's where something inside her clicked, and that's what made her quit. Um, I don't think she would ever admit it. I don't know that it was even a conscious choice. Um, but she had probably never been truly tested this way and failing that test was just not something her brain would allow. Um, you know, and one of your guests, one of the players, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who I listened to a whole bunch all at once, uh, <laughs> probably in the car. So it was hard to take notes. Um, and 
uh, but he gave her credit for a correct prediction because she had made it about someone else, but it applied to him. I think it was Dirk. Okay. Well, that is a very common way that these charlatans get away with it. They take credit for literally anything, and sometimes it is someone giving them credit. So there may be a group of people, and so the 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 so-called psychic will say, "Well, I think uh, they sometimes. I mean, if it's a con man, they're definitely doing it. They're going to say, I feel that someone here had a relative who died in a car accident,' and they'll somebody will be like, "Oh yeah." Because, well, and you're in a large enough group of people, someone is bound to have happened. And even if they didn't die, they'll say, well, my uh, aunt was injured in one uh, two weeks ago. Oh, well, that's that's what the, the spirits are hazy. That's what they are. <laughs> um, so it's even better when you have better for the 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 so-called psychic when someone is willingly doing it. Like, I predict that you have this. Oh, no, he didn't. But I did. Well, you're just handing them the win that they didn't earn. And just so you know where I'm coming from here, and I said it's a hot button issue. I was on a TV talk show with some so-called psychics. This was a number of years ago. It was the Morton Downey Jr. show, which is probably before your time uh, (laughs) and uh, most people's time. Um, he had a very popular show in the U.S. until he was caught pretending to have been attacked by neo-Nazis <laughs> who had scrawled or uh, a um, or drawn a swastika on his forehead. But he had done it in the mirror and didn't realize he had done it backwards. <clears throat> yeah, I know. <clears throat> and so then he got busted for making it up because of that. So he was trying to do a you know restart on a smaller scale. And he had some of these supposed psychics on and was calling in a friend of mine. And my friend said, hey, you should come up with this. So they flew me in for it. And, um, you know, we had this thing. And it was like there were some there was one well-known psychic who took credit for, like, solving this serial murder case. But in fact, I happened to have brought a book with a bunch of information that included her. And I was uh, so I was able to read from it and be like, no, actually, she didn't give any information. She gave, you know, however many names it was, 42 names and none of them were this name. And um, and, you know, her big prediction was uh, they, they took her outside the show to a cemetery in the winter and said, I knew that in this cemetery there would be someone named White buried here. Okay, white is a pretty damn common name. (laughs) And the other thing is, even if there had somehow been no one named white, it was the winter in Chicago. There was snow on the ground. She would have taken credit for that and said, oh, the cemetery is covered in white. (laughs) Um, But uh, these psychics were so good at what they did that I was in an unlocked bathroom changing room. Okay, it didn't have a lock on it. And I was changing clothes. So I'm half naked. And one of these women starts to walk in. It turns out she's one of the psychics. So she didn't even have the psychic ability <laughs> to know that there was someone in the changing room. Um, and by the way, one of these psychics was uh, uh, John and Jim Belushi's sister. Uh, this is, you know, she had these yeah. two famous brothers and she's this is how she was making her, her thing in. <laughs> 
And things got so heated at one point that when I started challenging one of them, that uh, the fa- the more famous one, she got up and started waving her hand in my face and standing up. And so I stood up and the security guard jumped up and it was, uh, it, you know, I mean, it got exciting for a minute there, which is, of course, what they want. <laughs> So this is why Chloe bothered you so much. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that she was just, I mean, to go back to the game itself, you know, she was ruining people's games because people were believing her. Yeah. And, you know, she got lucky with a couple, but she also was wrong about others. Yeah. And, you know, even days later, people are like, well, Chloe did say it's like, oh, shut up about Chloe already. Yeah. And so to go in there and and even the thing is, even if she hadn't said I'm a psychic and had said, I know these people are uh, traitors, but I'm leaving now. That's still something I think is wrong and poor sportsmanship. Yeah. But especially the way she did it was was really bad, in my opinion. Yeah. OK, I I I, I have very little to offer now, you said it all. <laughs> Although I, I will say, yeah, whether or not Chloe has a gift, it also annoyed me that like, I couldn't understand why everyone cared, took so seriously what she had said. Mm-hmm. Like, like she, so she had named these people that she thought were the traitors and then left. And I just couldn't believe that two or three episodes later, people were still saying, "Yeah, let's test Chloe's theory." And I thought, "Why are you? Why do you care right. about Chloe's theory more than you care about anyone else's theories?" Like, right. So I just couldn't really understand why they were all banging on about it so much, as if it was that important. Uh, so that, that I found that frustrating. Yeah, and like I said, that was you know another uh, a part that they just listened to her, and again, also the poor sportsmanship aspect of things. Yes. Um, um, now, there were other parts of the season overall that I did like. Um, like, I like the way the shield works better in Australia. Yeah. Uh, keeping too. you, you know, protecting you from both ways of elimination. Yeah. Um, but I also understand why in the British and American versions, they did it the other way because it can be kept a secret and therefore it adds a different twist. Like it sort of protects a group. Yeah. I, I I like it as well. I I think I prefer this way that yeah the shield carries a bit more weight and it does more. Um, again, I think the faithful need more help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is something that, although it could actually just end up helping a traitor, but right um, if a faithful gets it, it's it's pretty useful. Yeah, but especially with it helping in the vote because it gives everybody reason although in the season people were you know going on about oh i don't you know he they tried to get that too hard so obviously they're a traitor which didn't make any sense to me because traitors and faithfuls would both want that protection yeah everybody wants Um, to make it to the next round right and anytime you know we we see this in survivor and in big brother anytime you can make it just one more day or a couple more days things can change yeah so that's that's always good if someone who's an obvious target can get something. I think that's you know that's really good. Um I also kind of like the ever growing pile of silver uh to <laughs> to reinforce to the players why they were there. Like they could see it in front of them. Um and 
I, but I, what I don't know is like, do Australians have some sort of special affinity for silver in particular? Because I feel like in the U.S. it would it would have been gold. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah U.S. and U.K. one they had these sort of gold giant coins. I guess yeah. I know there's there's a better word for that. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Funny you say that. I never really questioned why is it silver bars and not gold bars. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not. Maybe, maybe uh, silver bars are just easier to fake. Uh, <laughs> then maybe gold bars look cheap and silly on TV or something. I don't know. I mean, it could be that gold bar. I mean, obviously, a gold bar of the same size would be worth a lot more than a silver bar. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think they were real silver anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but I, yeah. I doubt it. Um, I I'm going to steal from another podcast here. Um, I listened to Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness, and Jonathan asks his guests at the end, "Is there anything we forgot to cover? Is there anything that we need to talk about that you really wanted to talk about and it didn't come up?" Um, I'm trying to think because apart from your intense hatred of Chloe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, we definitely covered that. <laughs> we, we we didn't miss anything there. Um, yeah, you know, the traders game is interesting. Um, we tried. I think uh, you know the maybe the first time I was on, my lie was that we had played a mafia game based on the traders. Um, since then, we actually did. <laughs> um, it took way longer to figure out the rules that should be in place than it did to actually play the game. Um, but it, it is an interesting twist on things. And I just, you know, see it in there. You know, I was mentioning earlier that um, since you and I last spoke, I not only watched the Australian traders, I watched uh, four seasons, rewatched four seasons of survivor. I watched two seasons of us big brother that I had, missed during a short hiatus uh so that was about 70 episodes of big brother um and then i played in a game which actually i don't know if it's even worth bringing up but uh it's called a brant steel i you've probably never heard of this but it's a nope. website and it does you put in the characters and it runs a fake season of survivor or big brother <laughs> okay and so there's absolutely nothing in your control but uh the the rob has a podcast network they put in a whole bunch of podcasters and then a couple other people and we acted it out uh and it was a four and a half hour you know people can still download it they can watch it on youtube or whatever it was a four and a half hour brand steel uh episode or season of survivor and so what would happen is on the computer it would come up and it would say uh you you know, this person and this person have a fight. And so then the host would be like, okay, what did you have a fight about? And you'd have to uh, figure it out and, uh, you know, just have fun with it. <laughs> and so I made it almost all the way and came in second to someone who had actually won a real season of Survivor. She was the only <laughs> winner that was playing with us, Marianne. Uh, and somehow in the randomness of the computer, she won again. Um, but I'd love to see that with a traders game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how it would be programmed, though. I mean, that would be, 
I feel like too complicated because you also have recruitment and stuff. And that was one. I knew there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. Sorry. The recruiting. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Switching, switching topics <laughs> massively here. Um, I wish there was a better way to handle the recruiting because I wasn't happy that Alex was forced to recruit when she became the lone trader. Um, you know, I, and I know we've talked about this before, and I understand production doesn't want to take the risk of having no traders in yeah. a game called yeah, exactly. the traders. But doing it going into the second to last episode, it it just seems silly to me. I mean, I I, I don't know it. Logically speaking, I guess it makes sense because otherwise the remaining faithful will know at the end since someone was murdered to start episode 11 yeah. but it's just you know having just recruits at the end makes it even more stacked against against the faithfuls like we had talked about earlier you know just as we said being a recruit is the perfect spot to be well it makes it more difficult for the faithfuls to figure out uh and you know especially you know uh, lewis was talking about all the good work kate had done well yeah uh that was you know, for ninety percent of the game, when she was a faithful, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I I wish there were a solution to that. Yeah, it's it's just a sort of it's the nature of the game that yeah they they obviously don't want to end up in a situation where there are no traitors left, so mm -hmm. they need to keep a pool of traitors. I don't know how you get around that. Although part of me does wonder. Could it be really interesting, actually, if the traitors do all get banished, but the faithful don't realise mm -hmm. it? It could be interesting to watch the faithful just all turn on one another. <laughs> I think it would. I, I think I may have said that one of the you know earlier podcasts. I think it would be fun to see what would happen. Um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, like the mafia type game where, uh, in a mafia game when the mafia is gone everybody wins but i think it would be fun to see still everybody finger pointing and uh you know in this game especially since they're talking about you know sharing or or not sharing the money yeah or i suppose what they could do is imagine alex didn't recruit and alex was the lone traitor and actually next episode they all turn on her she gets banished there are no traitors like maybe at that point they just do another ceremony that they did in episode one. Maybe they just get all the they tell the faithful, "Congratulations, you found all the traitors. You you're coming back into the banishment room. You're going to sit around the table. Roger is going to pick another traitor, and maybe they just Roger just picks one again, and then mm -hmm. we, we sort of reset. Maybe I think if there were more people, because I, I think I might have actually mentioned something like that uh earlier or maybe i said it on twitter who knows um but i think that yeah there should be some rather than recruiting let them go and then if they're all found out then do like you said i think if you let it get down to final three then just let those final three fight it out and determine yeah. whether they agree there's a traitor there or not yeah because that's kind of like what happens in the fire ceremony in the in the uk and us versions mm -hmm. it's like okay do we think that there is another traitor here interesting so. interesting fees well and and as the traitors goes on you know it's 
there's at least going to be a season two for UK and US and Australia. I imagine mm-hmm. it will go on beyond that. It's we'll see. We'll see how yeah. what different iterations will the show take, what real right. changes will come yeah. into play, how will they deal with all of this? So we yeah. have all that and, ahead of and us. And a couple versions in Canada, apparently. Yes, two Canadian versions. So I I think we have reached almost yeah. the end. Uh David, before we conduct our own banishment at long last, where can we find you? Where should we check you out online? Um, well, I the, the the easiest part place to look for me is on Linktree, which is Linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE yes. because it's Linktree and they do strange things. That has everything. <laughs> but uh, another way to look at it is I am at David Bloomberg. No dots, no spaces, just at David Bloomberg on Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon and Post. Uh, I am at David Bloomberg TV on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram and now threads because they ruined my whole plan of having one name for the message, the text based play social media and one name for the video based when they said, oh, on threads, we're going to use your Instagram name. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm either da- at David Bloomberg or at David Bloomberg TV. Yes, that is exactly what I was going to ask you. Are you on Threads now? Uh, and I, I mean, there was that big <laughs> burst of lots of people showing up, and then it definitely trailed way off because they weren't quite ready for prime time. They didn't have a following tab. Uh, yeah, the, as we're talking, they're rolling it out now. Um, I hope that will help. It will certainly help me. I'm personally tired of clicking on. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. And yet it still <laughs> keeps coming up. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the social media world. But in the meantime, I'm you know posting my reality TV related videos on TikTok, YouTube uh, and Instagram. Um, and there's probably a good way that I could have put together like all the traders ones into a list. I don't know how to do that, though. So you, you just have to look for them. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're going the opposite way of me. I have not joined Threads, and I'm thinking of just not using Twitter anymore. <laughs> I I just can't keep up with yeah. the social media that already exists, never mind adding new ones. So I'm, yeah. I'm regressing. Yeah. Um, so, David, we have been playing... The trade our I think we've been playing the trade our trade. Yes. I certainly lied to you. Uh, did you tell me a lie? Yes. Okay. I um I'm struggling. I have a few thoughts, uh, but I don't feel confident about any of them. Um, <laughs> do you have any idea about what I lied about? I have one. And it's because of something, a conversation you and I had previously that I'm either remembering accurately or misremembering. And so <laughs> we will find out because you said here that you watched the the first or this the the uh, this season starting in January originally. But I thought you told me you couldn't get access to it until much more recently than that. Um, and we're even asking how I had watched it. So I think that you did not, in fact, start watching way back in January. Uh, that is not my lie. Ah. Uh, no, that, that is the truth. Uh, I watched 
the Traitors Australia in January in Frankfurt. Uh, ah. <laughs> weirdly. Yeah, that's which is how I remember it. I spent the first year, uh, the first year? I spent the mm. first week of 2023 in Frankfurt. And while I was there, I watched all of the Traitors Australia. Ah. Uh, yeah, I I don't may I don't know maybe I was talking about how I rewatched it or something like that. But yeah, uh, no, yep, I watched it way back before I had watched the US one. <laughs> I'll so. just have to rest on my laurels of being the first person to detect your lie on the first <laughs> season of the podcast. I succeeded! Hurrah! <laughs> um, I'll tell you what my lie was. My lie was that the second season of The Traitors Australia will be produced by a different production company. Ah! Uh, I made that ah, I totally <laughs> bought that. I, I thought it was strange, but then when you said that one dropped it, the other picked it up, I was like, hey, you know, it sounds, sounds like something that would happen at least in the UK. I know different <laughs> things like that have occurred, but... Yep. There you go. I, what I what I said about ratings was true. It really just sort of disappeared without a trace. Uh, but yeah, the Endemol Shine are going to continue and do season two. Your lie, I really uh, right. I, I'm just going to have to take a big gamble. I think it's something to do with your story about going on the TV show with the psychics. And I think that that probably did happen. I sort of believe that. But I wonder if maybe there was a detail within the story that you lied about. For example, that you were in a changing room and someone came in. I wonder, maybe that part of it was was false. Is that it? You should spend more time on Twitter because I literally just because I thought I thought he's going to think something in this story is complete is made up and it was all true. But I literally just tweeted that part of that story to someone else uh, yesterday. And I was like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that because now he, you know, he's going to see it and he's. Uh, but no, uh, I told you I'm, t I'm taking time yeah. away from Twitter. Yeah. I'm not seeing all this. Yeah, no, my see, my lie was when I said I on Twitter, I'm at David Bloomberg because it's actually called X. Oh, no, that was not my lie. That was not my lie. I'm joking. I, I was like, wow, that's OK. That's niche. <laughs> no, uh, in that big game, that Brant Steele that I talked about, where oh. I, said I came in second. I was actually the second person out. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was very clever of you because when you were telling that story, from what I thought maybe this is a lie. And then I thought, no, David made up a lie that was really similar to this last time about playing it. I thought, he's not going to lie about the same thing twice. As I was saying, <laughs> last time, yeah, the first time I told you a lie about this, uh, my original intent truly was the number of times I had watched it. But then after I said it, then you were like, okay, now we're going to start. Like, oh, crap. I already did it. So, uh, so you know, you even though you had to change it, you still yeah. tricked me. So well done. What, you're, you're a good liar. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, David, I think we may be onto a record here. I think we have achieved the longest episode of the podcast. Well, that's what happens when you give me a... Uh, quote two minutes to uh, talk about uh, I, yeah. topics yeah uh we this this is a long episode but you know what it's the final for the traitors australia it deserves to be an epic episode mm -hmm. so i think that's okay 
thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's always great to talk to you about the show. Uh, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. No doubt you will be back if I'm lucky enough yes. sometime. Uh, until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Hello, faithful Trader listeners. I really hope you enjoyed that epic deep dive with David. If you listened in a one well done. Maybe you listened in sections, though. Took some breaks, listened in the mornings, had some cups of tea. Speaking of cups of tea... If you have enjoyed the podcast season so far, and remember, it's not quite over, please take a little visit to my coffee page. That's KO-FI. I research, write, record, edit, deal with the distribution of the podcast all by myself. I organise the guests and operate the social media accounts. And I do it because I love the show so much and I enjoy talking about it. What I don't enjoy is the amount of hours all of this takes, and I'm doing it all for free. In fact, it's costing me money for things like Zoom Pro and the audio editing software I use. So if you've been listening in and you want me to keep it up, have a think about visiting coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. And my name is spelled M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-E-L-E-Y and putting in just a wee donation. It is not a subscription or a Patreon. It could just be a one-off few pounds or dollars or some silver bars, whatever you think a cup of tea or coffee would cost. So as I said, the podcast season is far from over. The next four episodes are interview specials with each of the four finalists from the Traitors Australia. Available right now are my interviews with the lovely Lewis and Kate and my interviews with Craig and the winner Alex are on the way very soon too. If you want even more information on the podcast and the traitors, you can keep up to date with me on Instagram at the Trader Podcast or Twitter at the Trader Pod, or you could email me at the Trader Podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and listen to those finalist interviews and stay faithful. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.